Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of The Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. From the ragged heart of the Rust Belt, this is Great Lakes Confidential with your hosts, Angie and Marty. baby how you doing i'm all right how are you great good 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 so this is episode seven i don't know i think and i just want to say that i'm having a lot of fun doing this Mm -hmm. i'm having a lot of fun recording i'm having a lot of fun researching and learning stuff um i'm having fun with social media and i'm getting back a lot of really good feedback so so that makes it even more fun for Mm me so to everybody that's listening and that's been traveling with us, thank you so much. Thank you. Like, I am literally pouring my soul into this. So to know that people are really enjoying it makes me happy. So, Yay. so yeah. So today, well, yesterday, we actually went someplace. We left the house. We did. We left the house. Um, Triple vaccinated, left the house. Can't even hardly believe it. <laughs> um, so we went to Belle Isle. Mm-hmm. Now... You had not been to Belle Isle before, or you had Oh, been? I've been to Belle Isle before. But you haven't seen... I haven't really explored it like okay. we did yesterday. Like, you know, mostly just drive through. Yeah. Take a look around. Yeah. Take off. Been to the beach, but never really explored much more. Okay. Beyond the beach. So what, do you know anything about Belle Isle or any of the the buildings I mean, aside from oh, I was gonna spoil it. Aside I, from me just chatting, you know, little bits and pieces yesterday. Do you know anything? I do now after going. But but you don't know like a lot of the history or no? Anything, we're right? gonna discuss that on the show. All right? right. Yes, that's why I didn't tell you much. I did tell you a couple of little things, but I was blindfolded the whole time. He was. Yes, absolutely. Which sucks because it was a beautiful day. I'm sorry you missed it. <laughs> I knew I knew we were on Belle Isle though when I got mud in my hand. That's true. I forgot about that. Anyways, so there, there's a lot. There's so much that we could talk about in regards to Belle Isle. So I tried my best to condense the history and just share stories that I found to be the most interesting. Mm-hmm. 
I would love to find like more books or like Belle Isle is pretty fascinating. So first fact about Belle Isle is it is the country's largest city island park. It is 982 acres, which makes it larger than New York's Central Park. Mm. Located in the Detroit River, it was settled by the French in the 1700s and was called Hog Island at that time. Seems to be that there was a lot of wild animals on the island at this point. There still are. There still are. In 1879, the city of Detroit purchased the island from the, and I'm probably going to say this wrong, Campau? Campo family? Campo family. That's just how we say it in Detroit because they got roads named after them. They do, yeah, actually. Jose Campo. We did pass that road on the way. Yeah, we passed that road on the way to Belle Isle, which I was like, oh, wait, I think I know that name. So they. So when the city of Detroit purchased the island from that family, from the Campo family, they opened it to the public in 1880. Mm -hmm. So it's been open for a really long time. To get to Belle Island, to access the island, you use MacArthur Bridge, Mm -hmm. which is a really cute little bridge. Long bridge, vault style. Mm -hmm. I like it. It's not... It's a romantic little bridge. And it's not... White knuckling like Mackinac Bridge yeah. or Zawaki more Bridge. Of a, more of a causeway. It's low to the water. Yeah, yeah. It's nice. It's really nice. Bikers, you know, bicyclists use it mm-hmm. to get on and off the island. Yeah, there's pedestrians that walk on it. It's... You don't even feel a change in grade when you you make that turn. No, off you really of Jefferson don't. onto the bridge. Yeah, it's nice. The island is home to a Coast Guard station. The William Livingston Memorial Light, which is the only marble lighthouse in the nation. There's a nature center and trail. There's picnic pavilions, beach access, a playground, athletic facilities such as baseball fields, tennis and basketball courts, and a small golf course. The Anna Scripps Whitcomb Conservatory, which is the oldest continually running conservatory in the country. What is a conservatory? Are you asking me? Mm-hmm. It's where plants are. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I always think about the uh, like the term conservatory and then saying it's the oldest conservatory. I think of, you know, like Clue, that one room on the board, the conservatory. Oh. And it's like, as a kid, it's like, I never really knew what that was. And then I've used the term heard and the, the term in other uses, things called conservatories. So I wasn't exactly sure if it had one main definition. That or... I don't know. I just know that I've worked in a conservatory and it was mm-hmm. full of plants. And we visited a conservatory and it was also full of plants. So okay. that's basically... Basically, my that's the extent of my conservatory knowledge. So we'll just say that a, a conservatory is sort of like a large greenhouse attached to a home of some sort. Sure. Or like a, uh, uh, an opulent greenhouse in and of itself. We can call it that. For this purpose. Sure. All right. The island is also home to Belle Isle Aquarium mm-hmm. and the Dawson Great Lakes Museum. It is home to the Detroit Boat Club, which is one of the oldest running rowing clubs in the country, dating back to 1839. And the Belle Isle Boat House, built in 1902, is still in use today by the Boat Club. Mm-hmm. So now that the basic history is... Mm-hmm. That's the basics of it. Um, now we can get into the the strange and unusual and some of the funner stories and facts that I found. All right, let's roll. So during Prohibition in the 1920s, the Detroit River and Belle Isle were perfect for rum running. Mm-hmm. And everybody knows what rum running is. Bootlegging. Yeah. So there was even a speakeasy in the basement of Belle Isle Aquarium, which is apparently still used sometimes today for fundraising events. Okay. 
In order to get alcohol from Canada into Detroit, rum runners would have to get pretty creative. Mm-hmm. Briber- bribery would sometimes work, but other times ingenuity won. On two occasions that were recorded, rum runners dragged a metal torpedo, which held three to four cases, towed by a cable across the bottom of the river. Fishermen would also suspend their loads under their boats in a net, which could be cut away if detected. The buoys were actually rigged. Um, They were weighed down with salt water that would slowly dissolve, and then a flag would pop up so that the location... So they come back for So they could come and get it later. Wow, that's clever. And we did see some other uh, examples... On display in the muse in one of the museums. No, those there. were the those were the examples. Those were some of them, but I remember seeing one of like you know women with like wine skin oh, backpacks and yeah. different things. And yeah, that, that that watermelon looking thing with a with a cork in it. Yeah, yeah, very. I mean, you know, if you got to get your booze. You got to get your booze. They, yeah, and they certainly did. <laughs> right. I mean, you're you're less than a, a mile away from Canada. You can see Canada. You could basically throw a rock and hit Canada from where you're at. Yeah. It's too much temptation. It was a lot. As long as the Canadians are selling the booze, we're going to go get the booze. They figured it out for sure. I think that it's genius that they weighed the things down with salt and they were like, well, the salt will eventually dissolve. Yeah. (laughs) That was very clever. (laughs) Like just, just bananas. So the Belle Isle Aquarium opened in 1904. And when it closed in 2005, it was the oldest continually operating public aquarium in North America. Before its closing, it was run by the Detroit Zoological Society. When it reopened in 2012, it was run completely by volunteers and is now owned by the Belle Isle Conservancy. The aquarium mostly houses freshwater fish. During the Great Depression, officials said that they could no longer afford to buy salt water, so they had to get rid of marine life, (laughs) including Big Pete. Oh, no. A giant sea turtle who was, and you're going to want to plug your ears for this. Not listening. He was sold for soup. Mm, Yeah. That's terrible. It is. Yeah. I hope Big Pete tasted good. I hope somebody enjoyed it. It's funny that they... (laughs) They they converted to a freshwater aquarium while the run the rum runners are turning the fresh water outside into salt water. <laughs> Probably could have just let him go and he could have found his way back out into he, the ocean. Yeah, who knows? He yeah. I'm curious to know more about Big Pete because I couldn't find too much yeah. about him. How much did they sell him for? Who did they sell him to? Right. How much did the soup sell for? Yeah. Have you ever had turtle soup? Never. No, I wouldn't. I. I don't think I could. I've heard it's delicious by people who enjoy that sort of thing, but uh, (laughs) I don't know. I'm very fickle when it comes to meat. Yeah, well. And basically, I can just stick with like beef, pork, and chicken, and turkey. Yeah. In 2002, the aquarium made news when a female white-spotted bamboo shark gave birth to two baby sharks. Oh, Do you want to take a guess why that made the news? Because there was no other shark to get it pregnant? Did you Google this before? No, I probably heard it before, though. It's probably in my memory somewhere. Well, I thought I was telling you something new. Yes, it was because she had not been near a male shark in six years. Wow. A likely excuse, Diane. I know. I know it. That's what they all say. Right. Apparently, this is something called parthenogenesis. Mm Mm-hmm. New new term for me. I never I never knew about that. So I've heard about it in the animal kingdom before, but that's a different show. It is a different show. Yes. In 1972, some pranksters stole an alligator from the aquarium in the hopes of releasing it in a pool in front of what is now called the TCF Center. Oh. 
where the Rolling Stones were going to perform. Oh, wow. Their plan was thwarted, and the alligator was released in the James Scott Fountain, which is also on the island. Mm -hmm. Also interesting, Mick Jagger and Brian Jones apparently learned to drive on the right side of the road on Belle Isle. Oh, wow. That makes perfect sense. You could just keep going around in a loop until you figure it out. Yeah. Another really fascinating story. This Mm -hmm. is really fun. In 1923, a Detroit school girl wrote a letter to the Detroit News to see if there was a way the school children could work together to buy something that the Belle Isle Zoo didn't have. Do you know what that was? No, but the the zoo didn't have? Correct. An elephant? Yes, it was an elephant. Boom. I'm not entirely convinced that you didn't look at my notes. I didn't. Mm -hmm. I'm just guessing. What would a school child want? At a zoo on Belle Isle. First thing would probably be an elephant. All right. The story goes that the Detroit News figured this would be a great way to gain publicity and expand the zoo, which until then was home to smaller animals. So they hosted Elephant Day, mm-hmm. where children could donate their lunch or milk money to the cause. And remember, this is in 1923. Yeah. They raised two thousand dollars wow to help cover the cost of this elephant which was two thousand seven hundred and fifty dollars okay which in today's time would be over thirty eight thousand dollars wow who kicked in the other 700 um probably just city people mm-hmm. you know? so they did purchase the elephant they did. i was just presuming no nope. was... they got it wow the young elephant named sheba traveled from buffalo new york to Detroit by boat mm-hmm. and actually lived on Belle Isle until she died of cancer in 1959. Oh, wow. So there's a couple of funny stories about Sheba the elephant. Mm-hmm. One being that when Sheba was being brought to Detroit, she was being fed candy and junk food from kids along the way and she ended up getting sick mm. and also ate the mayor's hat off of his head. Oh, that's good. <laughs> and then this one is particularly good. In the 1950s, a drunk man broke into the zoo and was found the next morning, bruised and battered, sleeping in the camel enclosure. Oh, boy. <laughs> when, when zoo workers woke him up, he said that he had tried sleeping in the room next door, but the large woman in there wouldn't let him. He was <laughs> bruised from Sheba, who apparently was trying to get him out of her space. And she succeeded. <laughs> Sheba whooped his ass. We don't say that word. Whooped on his butt. Thank you. <laughs> Belle Isle has been featured in movies. Mm-hmm. There's actually a short documentary about the island. Um, it's also been in a Big Sean music video. Big mm-hmm. Sean from Detroit, of course. Mm-hmm. Some of the movies that have filmed there include Real Steel, Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice, Blue Collar, Standing in the Shadows of Motown, Whip It, and Scarecrow. So the fountain that I referenced earlier is a James Scott Memorial Fountain, which also mm-hmm. has an interesting story attached to it. So James Scott was the son of a real estate investor. He was some sort of a businessman, but I couldn't figure out exactly what he did. I'm assuming he also went into real estate, but mm-hmm. it wasn't real clear. According to Wikipedia, he spent much of his time, quote, gambling and telling off-color stories. He was described as being vindictive. Mm. And if he couldn't intimidate business competitors to do what he wanted, he would sue them. When Scott died in 1910, having no heirs or colleagues, he left his fortune to the city of Detroit. He only had one demand, that the money be used to build a marble fountain and a life-sized bronze statue of him on Belle Isle. Mm -hmm. The community and different religious leaders, they were like, oh no, we're not doing this. They fought against it for a really long time, saying that a person of his reputation should not be immortalized in the city. Well, 15 years and $500,000 later, 
the statue and the fountain were complete. Yeah. The fountain is beautiful. Mm -hmm. It is literally all marble. The steps leading up to the fountain are marble. Um, The only thing that's not marble in the fountain is the the brick path Mm -hmm. uh, going circling the fountain. Um, Other than that, it is it is all marble. It is gorgeous. It wasn't even turned on when we were there, but it's beautiful. And then there's this giant bronze statue of this man just sitting there watching it. Yes. And he was not very liked. Um, They fought for a good couple of years about it. But he got what he wanted. Yeah. I mean, by the time the the fountain and everything was made, which, like I said, was 15 years after his death, mm-hmm. his fortune had, I think they said, doubled to like over a million dollars. So you think about what that would be in today's money, yeah. and it, it's a lot of money. And it's the amazing thing, too, time being what it is. Nobody remembers this guy being a jerk. They only know this this beautiful fountain that he built and this little statue of, of a guy sitting on a chair next to it. And I thought that was that was really funny to me yesterday because there mm-hmm. were people all over the fountain and the statue taking photos and posing and having fun. And, you know, it was great. But the whole time I was thinking, everybody in the city hated this man. Yeah. And how many of these people know who he is? Because there's a plaque on the back of it that says really nice things. Yeah. I mean, it's it's. I shouldn't say that it says really nice things. It's just very matter of fact. But it, it, it doesn't go into like he was well loved and liked and, you know, it's not overly positive. Mm-hmm. But they're also not like, we hated this dude. Right. So it was interesting to me to like know the story and then see all these people laughing and smiling and snapping photos next to him and i'm like do they know yeah <laughs> do you guys know who this guy is uh, i mean it's amazing too that he managed to buy his reputation he did posterity i mean and here we are leaking it letting the world know what a scumbag this guy was a million dollars though yeah. to the city right you think about all of the things all of the ups and downs that detroit has had mm-hmm. and it's time and it's like can you turn down that kind of money? Like, I don't care how big of a jerk he was, yeah. <laughs> you know? And then also I want to know what happened to the rest of the money. If if there was over a million dollars. It's inside the statue. Ooh. No, we're not starting that rumor because oh, that's right. going to get the statue torn down. Yeah, by good point. Some good point. overzealous fortune seekers. Yeah. Nicholas, there is no money in the statue. Nicholas Cage will end up on the island. It'll be a whole end thing. End up in the little tomb on the island yeah it'll just be a thing yeah so the museum on the island is really really cool um originally founded as the city maritime museum in 1949 on a schooner it was closed due to deterioration in 1956 with donations the dawson great lakes museum broke ground in 1959 and was open to the public in 1961 it features the bow anchor from the Edmund Fitzgerald, mm-hmm. which was lost in the Detroit River during a storm. I told you about that last week. Yeah, and it was interesting because... Yeah, the anchor... Okay, as you just said, the anchor came yes. loose about a year before the uh, the Edmund Fitzgerald sank in Lake Superior. It lost an anchor in the Detroit River. Mm-hmm. During a storm. Yeah, yes. during a, a separate storm. Yes. I just wanted to clarify, as we just went through that real quick, that it's two different events... This this anchor was found in the Detroit River, dropped about a year before the Edmund Fitzgerald. So sank. actually, it wasn't. It was the same year. Well, oh yeah, it was January. It right? was J- yes, January I believe it was year. January. So it was like nine, ten months prior mm-hmm. to the 
when the Edmund Fitzgerald sunk. And yes, I didn't. We thought <laughs> we were like, oh, cool. They have the anchor from. Yeah. From, you know, and then like, it you're was not like, sure how mm-hmm. they got it, because, you know, we know the story about how they uh, they allowed the bell to come up. Yes. And the bell is on display at the Mariners Church in downtown Detroit. Mm hmm. But yeah. that's all last week's episode. You could listen to that one if you want more Edmund Fitzgerald info. Yes. I just go crazy when we start talking about ships. I don't I know. know why. I'm I a ship it. man. I'm well, a real ship head. Wow. <laughs> that is a fact. So <laughs> as somebody who really enjoys all things maritime, mm-hmm. what what did you think about the museum? Because that was your first time going there, correct? Yeah, that was my first time in the museum, yes. and I, I enjoyed it. I always... I always enjoy just these uh, like maritime museums on the Great Lakes and all the the little relics they have and the uh, you know like the simulated um, like chart room and mm-hmm. navigation room that they built from I mean who knows what those the ship parts are but it all looks very like 1950s yeah if not older um, are you talking about the pilot house at the, yeah yes so that's actually from the SS William Clay Ford mm-hmm. which was one of the largest ships on the 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 lakes yes so that's actually from that ship that's yes yeah so they yeah that's i think that's my favorite part is the pilot house no i I yeah i enjoy that a lot and then you know you go downstairs and there's still more uh more to see and all the different uh displays going there are a lot of hands-on things really interactive uh, it's really interactive good stuff to to bring your kids to Mm -hmm. you know you could Teach your kids how to load a Great Lakes freighter. That's mm-hmm. always good information to have going forward in the future. Yeah. So um, you could do that. You could try to navigate a ship on the seas in their VR. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Which I failed. Well, you also decided to get reckless, and mm-hmm. you just whipped the bow around. Just, yep. Yep. Just tried to tried to wedge it in there right under the ambassador yeah, bridge, you can't and it just it do didn't that. work. No, it doesn't. No, that's not a thing. I underestimated. I overestimated the length of my ship. Yes. Yes. But it is very cool because in the pilot house, you know, you go up these stairs and it's pilot house from the actual mm-hmm. ship. And there's also a um, a room off of the, you know, in the, the pilot house. The I navigation don't, room? Yeah, I don't know what I'm yeah. talking about. But there's, there's a lot of maps and drawers that pull out that have you know they're all labeled with different lakes and different Mm -hmm. areas and there's just maps everywhere and there's it's really 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 cool yeah i think probably one of my favorite things in the museum and this is kind of morbid so i apologize but it's the history of it and the fact that it's still a tangible thing Mm mm-hmm is the distress call from the Edmund Fitzgerald. You can actually listen to it. You can see there's a giant map on the wall that shows the route that the ship took. It has little, uh, what are they, like little legends, I guess Mm -hmm. you could say, different points of their... Like a timestamp almost, telling you when when the events occurred. Yes, this happened at this time in this location, and it just... So you can literally travel along, and you can listen to the distress call, and like I said, it's morbid when you think about the fact that almost 30 people... It is, but it's a a piece of history, and it's it's really... We discussed this before, you know, going down to the the, uh, National Great Lakes Museum in Toledo... And how they had, uh, you know, relics from mm-hmm. the Edmund Fitzgerald there, the uh, inflatable the life rafts. Boats. Yeah, the life. Yeah. And they're right there, and you can, like, touch the fiber, and it just really makes everything seem so real. And mm-hmm. it's the same with hearing those calls, especially when you're, you know, just left that pilot house. Mm-hmm. You're underneath it, and you're listening yeah. to this. It's like, you know, it really brings you in. Yeah, it's 
it's really really cool it's there's really not words to describe mm-hmm. the feeling of all inspiring yeah yeah and uh, yeah it's just it really is it, it yeah it really is. i really enjoyed the gift shop <laughs> there's a little gift shop in the museum and i instantly looked right at the refrigerator magnet i love refrigerator magnets especially the rubber kind mm-hmm. and i got a beautiful rubber refrigerator <laughs> refrigerator <laughs> magnet detailing all five great lakes yeah it's so no it's, it's perfect cool. for the journey it fits up there nicely with our we've got an we actually have an edmund fitzgerald um magnet, magnet but up i don't there. think anyone listening would be surprised no probably not we've got bigfoot up there we've got some i believe Loch Ness monsters up there mm-hmm. yeah we've got some magnet from the sioux locks when we mm-hmm. were up there yeah so so the pilot house was your favorite i don't of that museum yeah um i would say yeah it was uh it was definitely like the highlight okay of the museum for me but you know, you can't really call favorites. There's so much cool stuff to see in there. Yeah, that's true. So what was your favorite thing about the actual island, just being on the island? Oh, again, I don't know if I can call favorites, but I, you know, one after the other. I loved going through the, the conservatory. I've never done that before. I've always heard good things about it. But actually being in there, especially on a day like yesterday, was kind of unseasonably warm. It was really nice. Mm-hmm. almost felt, you know, spring-like in a lot of ways. So going in there and seeing all the green, the uh, the palms and all that was, was very cool refreshing but again i'm also a sucker for aquariums and yeah. once you got to that aquarium saw some really cool stuff i do love the aquarium yeah yeah i do i took a video of the cutest little stingray he was smiling at me and showing me his teeth and they kind of look like tops of dentures yeah yeah like they got little dentures yeah little tiny they looked razor sharp but yeah little tiny stingray yeah. i mean there's dentures. just so many cool different things a lot of gars mm-hmm. a lot of gars a lot Ugly of eels fish. eels Long, uh, lungfish lungfish Ugh. i got some lungfish gross. in there if you're into into that gross yeah those little garden eels yeah those little garden eels. i wish i took pictures of those but the yeah yeah so freaky at first but so cool watching them (laughs) these these little like snake-like fish that are just popping their heads out of the sand and just swaying all together it's it's i don't know it's It's, it's either it's either really cool or nightmare inducing it is depending on your take on, on that kind of thing correct so basically you could spend an entire day on the island uh, we were there for about three hours. Yeah. But even being there for, you know, five, six hours, you probably would not be able to experience everything mm-hmm. that there is to experience. You can kayak, you can swim, you can rent a jet ski, you can go to the museum, the conservatory, the the aquarium. There's, like I said, picnic places. There's yeah. a playground. I mean, there's so, so much stuff to do. There's also a nature center that we didn't get to visit. Um, unfortunately it was closed, but I have been there once before and I can say that it's really, really cool place. You can go in and see honeybees Mm -hmm. doing honeybee stuff. They have a, um, display set up so that the bees can go in and out through the, through like a tube. Mm -hmm. And so you can see them inside, which is really fun. And there's a lot of different activities for little kids to do, um, different things for them to learn about. And then you can also feed the fallow deer that are on the island. Oh, so didn't um, see any deer on the island. Well, the fallow deer were actually gifts from, I believe, the French. Mm-hmm. And if I remember correctly, there were only two or three when we were there. There may have been more. Mm-hmm. But yes, you can go, you can feed them, but... Like I said, the Nature Center was closed, so we didn't get to see it. Now, Belle Isle is also, up until recently, 
has been the home of the Detroit Grand Prix, mm-hmm. which they are now moving back to the streets of Detroit, which I think is actually a good idea because I think Belle Isle is just, you know, should be a nice, beautiful nature spot. The roads are already, you know, they're Michigan roads. Mm-hmm. They're already a little cracked up and they've had a lot of problems with the races there before just tearing the roads up completely. So I think if you can keep it more family friendly, it's a better option. Yeah. I think it's good to have the the race in Detroit. I'm glad it's going to be back downtown. Also, yeah, this was probably 20, I don't know how many years ago this was, uh, Metallica threw a music festival at Belle Isle. Really? The Orion Music Festival. Hmm. I don't know how it went. <laughs> I just remember it happened. Well, I do know that part of, um, part of the reason why they moved the Grand Prix off mm-hmm. the island is because of family is basically saying, you know, you guys have to close this whole place up for such a long time that nobody gets to experience it. It's not it's not cool. And I agree. I mean, you close it down. Sure. The Grand Prix is cool for people that want to watch a race. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily care to see cars driving in circles. That's just my thing. But when you close up the island, you're not just closing down those roads for the race cars. You're closing down the museum, the aquarium, the conservatory. You're closing down everything that's there. And these, all of these places operate purely on donations from visitors. And you're closing it down for for weeks to put on this thing. And you're now, you know, they're missing out on those donations. They're missing out on people. And I don't, that's not, that's not okay. So, yeah, I'm I'm glad that they're moving it off the island as well. It's I'm good. glad it's staying in Detroit, however, because yes. Detroit has such a, a motor, Absolutely. an automotive history, that it just makes sense. Yeah. So, that's Belle Isle. Belle Isle. Yes. Love uh, it. Good. I'm glad. I, you know, I don't know if I did it much justice. Um, definitely, people need to make the trip for themselves. It's so... It's really, really enjoyable. Like I said, donations are what keeps the facilities and everything running. So take some cash with you when you when you visit. There's donation boxes in the you know lobby of every single mm-hmm. building. So throw a couple bucks in there. Spend your money on the island with the vending machines, you know, in the gift shops, all of that good stuff. Um, you do not have to pay to get on the island, but your car does need to have a recreational passport, which, I mean, mm-hmm. honestly, you should have one anyways. They cost like $11 when you renew your license and all that stuff or your reg- registration or whatever it is. And you can get into any state park in Michigan yeah. all year long. So it's a good investment. It really is a completely different world out there. It's it is. definitely worth checking out. It's a beautiful urban park in, in the middle of the, the river, just east of downtown. Just follow Jefferson. You, you'll get right there. And uh, like just the different parts of the island, when you're on the, the west side of the island and you're looking at downtown, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a million photos have been taken from that spot. Mm-hmm. You can look over and see Canada. Like you feel like you're just in this this beautiful art deco nature area, like when you're on that, that western end. And then when you go down to the eastern end, it's just pure nature for mm-hmm. the most part. Like you could be, you know, out near Ann Arbor somewhere until you see that glimpse of water. And it's like, whoa, yeah, I'm in Detroit still. And that's the that side of the island too is where the marble lighthouse mm-hmm. is, which is really cool. We hiked out to it. You do have to get out of your car and and walk through some nature to get there, but it's really really neat. There's, I mean, it's just it's literally just so much marble on that island. Just, I mean, it really it is. <laughs> really betrays Detroit's history as being a very wealthy city at one point. There's just so much marble. 
And I'm glad the scrappers never got to it. Yeah. No, it's beautiful. It, it really is. So so that's it. That's it. That's Belle Isle. Get, get in your car. Go and visit the island. Or take a boat. There's docks. Pack a lunch. There's not any food really on the island, so you'll have to take a lunch. Yeah. But totally worth it have a picnic it's a perfect picnic yes. spot it's a great it's a it's it's a great picnic spot it's a great family family go to the day. beach this summer yes yeah do it so that's it do you have anything else to add no i love you belle isle i love you belle isle all right well let's wrap it up let's hit the road jack all right we gotta go we gotta go What's text you when we get home text me when you get home Thank you for listening to Great Lakes Confidential with your hosts, Angie and Marty. If you enjoyed this episode, tell your friends and be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. For more information on today's topic, check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash Great Lakes Confidential.